It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. Hello and welcome to Season 3 of the BBC Countryfile magazine podcast, the podcast that takes you on delightful adventures into the countryside, meets fascinating rural folk and looks at some of the big issues facing our landscapes and wildlife. My name is Fergus Collins and I'm the editor of the magazine. In this first episode of 12, I head to the River Froome near our offices in Bristol for a walk with an extraordinary man. Jack Perks has filmed and photographed all 54 species of UK freshwater fish and I was keen to find out what he'd learned about these beautiful and often overlooked creatures and I wanted to get to know a bit more about the magical world they inhabit. How would you describe your speciality, Jack? Um, fish enthusiast is probably the generous, <laughs> the generous <laughs> way to put it, but yeah, um, I'm a wildlife photographer and a, and a cameraman, but I specialise in, in freshwater fish. And, you, and you've achieved something no one else has this year, which is... So over the last seven years, I've been trying to film every single freshwater fish in the UK, and, and I've completed it this year. So, and that, what was it? What was the, it? Was the uh, what was the last one you? you it was the tricky one, wasn't it? it was a... Yeah, it was the Alice Shad. So quite quite a rare fish. But um, after, after after a couple of years of just going after that, I got that. Um, so I was, I was chuffed to death. They're like a large large herring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some lovely photos of you handling one. Do you actually sort of? Was that a sort of? Did you catch one or something? So yeah. I, I went along to this river and the Environment Agency have a, uh, a salmon ladder where they monitor fish numbers and they tag them. And then they, oh, you see There's that fish, fish jump there? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, and the, the salmon go in there and they take scales and they said they next to never get shad in there. Um, so I was like, okay, so I'll keep my expectations realistic. And in the last six years, I've only had two. <laughs> um, so I thought, okay. And then they lowered the water, and sure enough, there was a shad in there. So I was able to get in in the in the this trap. It's quite a large. I make it sound like it's like a, a net or something. It's quite a large kind of uh, brick barrier that you can get in. Got some shots of it in there, and then as they released it, they said, "Would you like to hold it, Jack?" So it's quite an emotional moment holding this fish that's you know journey over seven years, and then letting it swim away, and it was yeah, carrying on its journey. Yeah. Did you kiss it before you sent it off? They did try and get me to do that. I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not that keen. <laughs> See how the journalist's mind thinks. It's, yeah. it's an evil thing. So we're, this is the Froome, which flows through Bristol from um, the Cotswolds, really. So Yate, I think, is, is near where it starts with Chipping Sodbury. Um, there's a few fish here. We've done, it's not, not too bad. What, what, uh, what, can you, what have you spotted? I know you've been here a little bit before me. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's handy. There's dark shadows out there. That's right. I mean, it, it's it's quite helpful that there's a bit of sun because that helps you pick them out. Um, there's lots of dace in here, which are kind of the small, slender ones. The chub are, are slightly bigger. They've got the black black fins with a hint of red. And then you've got the roach, which have got the really vivid red fins. Um, and then there's some little guys just in the margins here where you can see the, oh, yeah. the little yeah, minnows. Yeah. They're darting in and right around the, the twigs and the rocks and things. So... Um, not seen any monsters yet, but you know, there's still time. Still time. We'll have a little wonder. It'd be good to get a monster. Have you had any monsters? You must have had some monsters in your life. Yeah, in, in the UK. Yeah, yeah. I've seen some some pretty big fish over the years. I mean, um, 
in, in London, there's a stream called the, the Copper Mill. And I don't know what, what's, what's wrong with it, but everything gets enormous in there. And this, I've seen pike to 30 pounds, you know, which is impressive. been in the water with them. Well, no, I, I, because it's quite steep, you can't get in. So I've had right. to use a pole camera, right. um, but you can see it on a monitor. And these pike, they're like crocodiles. You know, yeah, you, could, you, yeah. could be, you could be in the Zambezi, not, not the centre of London. Um, I like that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but huge, things. huge, huge pike. They're um, really impressive fish, uh, and that kind of leads. I mean, we're going to talk a lot about fish, but it leads me to why? Why don't more people talk about fish and get excited about these? Coming, we talk about crocodiles in the streams of London. <laughs> um, that's something worth seeing. I think we it's, don't see enough of them. Well, I think it's partly because it's out of sight, out of mind. I mean, if more people were as bonkers as me and jumped in rivers looking at fish, they might be a little bit more enthused, but the reality is most people don't want to do that. So I like to think that in a small way, the filming and the photography that I do uh, means that they can still appreciate the fish, but they don't necessarily have to jump in a, in a cold, dirty river. So, so. You're, you're going to be the conduit for many, many people to, to start to see this yeah, a hidden world that's available to everybody, really, if, yeah. we, if we kind of... Um, well, watch your videos, see your shows, and sort of perhaps immerse ourselves. But do you, do you you immerse yourself quite often? How I mean, how do you go about it? What's the? I mean, there's lots of there's lots of methods uh, about how how I film the fish. Snorkeling's my favourite, just because you you are just immersed in their world, and it's a completely different way of, of seeing things. And it's interesting as well how how they react. So fish will come very close to you they'll investigate you they don't necessarily always swim away and get out of there so you, you get a really unique view of their world um and it's just addictive once you once you start getting in there so and is, is it special cameras i mean how do you get a waterproof camera i know those exist but it's not something i'm very familiar with so i i use gopros quite a lot or, or small cameras you know little action cameras uh, put them on the end of a, you know, you, if, if you, you know, want to experiment yourself, you could just put it on the end of a, of a pole or a fishing pole or even a broom or something uh, and play around with it yourself. But So a lot of it's kind of uh, cobbled together because yeah. there isn't, you can't go and buy a fish filming kit. So, so you're innovating. With yeah, your, well, your yeah, somewhat, there. you know, or modifying what other people have done. Um, so, yeah, it is quite experimental, really, as I say, because there's not that many people doing it. So There's something bigger there. Oh yes! Oh, oh, good spot. That is a, that's a trout. That's a trout. That's is that a big oh, trout. Right. That's, that's a, a big brown trout. Two pound, three pound trout. Yeah, yeah. Look at the flanks on it. Wow, yeah, that's, that's a, a good spot. Especially without Polaroids. So yeah, you're yeah, getting yeah. into well, it. I, I've got getting a, into it first. I've got fish watcher's <laughs> eyes. But, there you go. Uh, I, I, the, the, uh, you mentioned Polaroids. That is a, a really good piece. Of gear. I don't have any on. Um, Jack does have Polaroids on, which enables you just to take out all the. Gla- I mean, there's a whole load of fish here. Yeah, there's lots of little chub and dace now. Um, it's a bit like sort of a bit like London Aquarium here. At the yeah, yeah, it um, is. And this is a really ordinary river. I mean, no disrespect to the River Froome, but it's not a particularly well. You know, people don't come here for miles around. But it's a, no, no. I mean, it's not. To be fair, it's not full of litter or anything, is it? But no. it, it's not. At the same time, it's not a chalk stream. So <laughs> no, no, no. Um, it's quite clear, though. Yeah, and, it um, is. It is. There's some interesting sort of detritus at the bottom. There's bricks and all sorts of man-made materials yeah. have ended up in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you wonder what <laughs> what's been dumped in here over yeah. the years. Oh, there he is. He's coming back. He's coming that back big. big uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. could just imagine the Jaws theme now. Yeah, yeah. He's you know, a beast. If, if you were a minnow. Um, It'd be nice if he comes into this patch. Yeah, he will. Oh, oh, there he is. That's lovely. Oh, gorgeous. Now, someone was telling me that they get sea trout in the Froome. Oh, look, he's coming right. So he got excited because yeah, something fell on the surface. That there. leaf fell, and he, he went to have a look at that. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it's a sea trout, but um, 
it's quite a genetic. brown trout is it i would it? say brown trout yeah. yeah yeah so he's just got big in this river because there's not many i doubt there's that many trout fishermen here or? no i don't yeah you know he'll, he'll just be munching minnows and yeah uh, the time of his life yeah he's, he's yeah a top predator really yeah, he's got yeah. too much to worry about oh that's a lovely lovely big fish um so yeah going back to the polaroids they 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 cut the glare from the if you're going to be a fish watcher, Polaroids are essential. Yeah, definitely. If, if I could give you one tip for, for fish twitching, um, get yourself Fitching. some... <laughs> Maybe that's... Maybe it won't catch up. Yeah. <laughs> um, then get Polaroids, because they just cut through the glare, um, and it just means that you can see so much more. So they're, they're, it's well I'm worth investing. To, the moment I get back to the office, I'm ordering some. Yeah. I might get work to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Do, 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 do. Yeah, brilliant. Um, well, should we take a little wander along? Um, yeah, let's, let's see what else. else. You, you've been spotting kingfishers flying up and down, so that'd be quite good if we... Yeah, if it'd be a nice little bonus, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. let's go. Yeah, yeah, some yeah. lovely demoiselles down here, I think. Are yeah, well, we walked... When I was walking up last night, we saw lots of wings plucked all over. I couldn't try and work out what it was, and this grey wagtail landed uh, on a rock. Oh, really? And it had been plucking the wings off and then eating the... Slaying the, the demoiselles, yeah. yeah. yeah this is lovely, this garden, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, so this is a beautiful little flower garden beside the river frame. There's a nice handy little tea shop here. Um, so it's just quite scummy, this water, though. Um, what would, what, I mean, in your experiences, uh, uh, there's lots of fish here, but the, yeah. the water's quite algified. Or... Yeah, it's all this brown detritus on the bottom, and you get yeah. this a lot in rivers that, that tend to have a bit of a pollution uh, problem. So whether it's a cracked pipe in the the mains or someone's got a dodgy dodgy dishwasher or something yeah um, that ends up going in the river and you end up with this just carpet of brown algal looking growths yeah and that's um, not good not really i mean in an ideal world obviously you just want that to be like gravel or yeah. sand or or you know lots of plants and things because we can see the little fry here um, yeah, I mean, they are baby minnows or baby dace or something. They oh, could be. Oh, they're such a beautiful. These, these oh, are they're... kind of metallic green, beautiful demoiselles, are they? Or are they? Uh, I can't see the. Yeah, if you see the wings, I can tell you yeah. if it's a banded or a beautiful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the fry don't seem to mind too much. I mean, they're kind of in those kind of bramble thickets and things, aren't yeah. they? Just all. In fact, actually, if you look under that. There's that stick poking out, and there's loads of small minnows just hidden oh, underneath yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just using that for cover. Because there's bigger fish out there. There's, bigger, there's always a bigger fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the chub would take them as well. Chub are quite predatory, yeah. Mm. So, um, I mean, the word chubby comes from chub because they're so greedy. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, oh, okay. you know, things, everything from blackberries falling in, like fruit, to, to small fish, slugs, they'll eat absolutely They're like anything. the pig, pigs of the water. Though, yeah, they are a little bit. Yeah, they, they are. Just, just eat, eat whatever comes their way. Yeah, they're not, they're not fussy. I think there's crayfish in here. Oh, is there? Yeah, I think there's signal crayfish. Oh, well, all these rivers around here have got signal yeah, crayfish. Yeah, oh, that's but... bad news, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was a shoal of fish here this morning. Oh, look at this heron here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we're not the only ones looking for <laughs> yeah, fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's sort of... He ah, looks well, look, that's the shoal there. Can you see all oh, the fish yeah, moving? Yeah, yeah. So those are... are those, what are those, then? So there's a bit of a mixture. You've got dace, you've got chub with the black fins mm. again. Um, and there's a few roach for good measure so in the, there as well. The dace don't. What colour fins have they got? Are they more so dace clear? are more transparent with their right. fins. Oh, They're yeah, a little bit, little bit more slender. Mm. Um, I think it's unfair to call them kind of brown and boring, but they, yeah. they don't really have the colour that the meadow yeah. pipits of the stream. They are, yeah. They're the yeah. little brown jobbies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the cannon fodder. Yeah. That's a lovely shoal here, though. I mean, there's 
what, 30 or 40 fish, maybe 50, 60. Yeah, the more it's I a see. Good, yeah, once you get your eye yeah. in, there's quite a few, isn't there? I love it when they flash against the bottom as well. Do you know why they do that? No. So part, oh, there's Kingfish. Oh, Kingfish. Oh, wow, there he is. <laughs> Just shooting up. Oh. You're too busy looking at dates yeah. and oh, suddenly God. a kingfisher. Well, That's spotted. sacrilege, isn't it? Oh, Birders yeah. are going mad. We're staring at fish instead of kingfishers. Um, so, sorry, I've lost my train of thought. We were talking about how flashing on the That's bottom. it, that's yeah. it. Right, okay. That's it. Kingfishers just wipe your mind, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, partly it's to get rid of parasites. So sometimes if they've got leeches or, or lice on them, they'll rub against the bottom to get rid of it. But another train of thought is they do it as a communication tool. Oh, really? Because if fish are further away, they can see that flash and they know to come over. Uh, right, a sort of shoaling, communicating in a shoal. Or, yeah, yeah. A, little, a little bit like kind of yeah. waving a flag. It's yeah. just kind of showing, hey, I'm over here. They're jumping um, around, aren't they? So are they taking flies off the surface? Yeah, they, they seem to be... I mean, looking at the state of the river, I don't imagine the fly life's amazing. Although saying that, there was a small hatch last night. Yeah. Um, but I think they're eating terrestrials mostly, so, you know, any little bugs that are Stuff that's in. just fallen on the water yeah. from all these overhanging trees and things, yeah, of which there's many. Definitely. But, uh, yeah, it's... Um, it's sad, isn't it? Because the water is rather brown. It's a beautiful um, flower, yeah, wildflowers along the edge of the water. Yeah. But once you get into the water, there's no real water life, here, no um, water weeds. No, no ranunculus or anything. Yeah. No, 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 no. So there's, some, there's something. So Something's the fish, not quite right. Fish can survive, but the, but it's always been like this as far as I as long as I've lived in Bristol. Oh really? So I've never seen much below that. I mean, it's very shaded as well here. So I mean, you're not. You probably wouldn't. Even if the water quality was better, you wouldn't get a masses of weeds anyway. Yeah. Um, well, that's lovely to see an eel today. I know there are eels in here. So. Yeah. Well, this is lovely here. Should we wander on a little? Oh, there he goes. Again. <laughs> there King he is. Wow, again. that yeah. kingfisher. He's showing off. Um, so where's the? If you had to pick one river. Oh, yeah, what a wood pigeon. <laughs> um, if you had to pick one river that to go back to for its diversity and beauty. What, where in the UK has been your sort of... Probably uh, the River Test. Um, oh, right, OK, so the Chalk Street. Yeah, yeah, it's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous river. So um, I know a few keepers on the test. I've done a bit of work in there over the years. And it just amazes me, um, particularly the lower test, the amount of species that you get in there um, and the different sizes. So. Um, where I've been before you get sea fish coming in so things like bass, flounder, mullet kind of penetrating the lower reaches of the river um, you get all the coarse fish as well like carp, roach um, pike even, eels. even in a chalk stream you get yeah, them. yeah, you still get them mm. uh, I mean there's no reason why you shouldn't have coarse fish in, uh, in a chalk stream because over mm. the years they were historically persecuted and got rid of because uh, oh, okay, they, they... they were competition for food for the trout yeah. so um, no you should have coarse fish in, in chalk streams it's just a lot of them have been engineered to not to not have them um, so I, I don't see any great diversity I live on the near the Usk oh yes a lovely river yeah 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 and it's very it's it's trout and minnows as yeah. far as I can, and grayling as but, far as I can see but that'll be probably because it's an upland or, or more yeah. upland so it's not the suitable habitat for coarse fish so the lower reaches are kind of slower more mm. weed growth that's a lot better whereas the upper the usk, um, <laughs> the classic uh, herring gull coming over. Um, that would be better suited for kind of more upland species like your trout, your grayling, um, and minnows and things like that. Oh, okay, okay. So it's, um, and you talked about persecution of certain fish. Look at that herring. He's just he's, sort of yeah. He's going to get something. He's got his eye. He's got his eye in now. He's got that stealth thing going on. Yeah. 
quite interested to see if he... In the Lee, I want... He doesn't seem bothered by us at all, no. does he? I once saw two herons struggling over to trying to eat a small cat on the River Lee. A cat? Yeah, like a drenched little kitten. Oh my goodness. Yeah, well, I thought it was a rat at first, and then I looked more closely, because they were fighting over it for ages, and then one of them sort of got it half down, and by that time I'd sort of got to the end of how much <laughs> heron-eating small kitten yeah. I could face. I'm not sure it will make next year's spring watch. No, <laughs> I don't think it would appeal to anyone, but it was yeah. quite curious, because I've seen them eat sort of all sorts of fish out of the River Lee, but... They'll gulp down pretty big things. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you'll see them eat rats no problem and, and small rabbits and things. So. And they, are these two... Um, oh, yeah. Are they commas? No, oh, I didn't get a good look. Yeah. Or maybe tortoise shells. Someone was telling me it's a good place for white letter hair streak here. Oh, OK. Yeah. That would be good to, good to see. Um, which is the spot we're going to in a, in a bit. Right, so well, it's... Suppose, uh, oh, it's stretching. Yeah. So, yeah, you talked about persecution of fish sometimes. So we've often had stories of where some fisheries get rid of predatory species like like pike in order to um, do particularly things like rainbow trout fisheries. I don't know if it's as common as it used to be, but it's sort of get rid of all the pike from the lake or, or the large pike and then get a proliferation of small ones. What's your, what's your take on the whole getting rid of things to it, um, have I think the benefit it... of just fishing? I think it was more common. I think largely people have switched on to it now that it doesn't it doesn't work yeah. because like like you've just said you get rid of the big ones they're the only thing keeping the little ones down. Yeah. So then you end up with lots more more pike anyway. Um, I mean a lot of trout fisheries now have kind of realized they can make a, an extra bob or two and they'll let people fish for the pike in the winter. Cuz they're probably getting quite big on all the trout. Yeah, there. exactly. There's a but you with your you've got, probably got better eyesight. There's a butterfly on this bush here. Oh yeah, yeah, now that is that a comma? Or is that, no, it's not Painted Lady, is it? I think it might be a comma, actually. Comma, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, it's, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's got the com- yeah. it's like the comma on its wing. Yeah. Here it goes. <laughs> yeah, I'll be having a fight. It's like Spitfire, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a glorious July sky. Yeah. yeah. Back um, in Bristol. So this is sort of... What, what, an old mill? No, it's a weir, at least. Yeah, well, this there's this thing behind us. Um, yeah. Which, what's it say? Double egg ended boiler. So I think some sort of oh, okay. or something. Steam engine. Steam engine. Okay. Right, okay. Something and a mill wheel. And a mill wheel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Power a six bladed saw. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so yeah. Here, here we have the rivers being sort of barricaded. Well, there's, there's a barrier, and then the water rushes down the side of it. So would fish be hanging below here? If I, if I was coming along here looking to, to see fish and to film them, this would be an obvious place for me because you've got slightly deeper water, but where, where the weir has got the water coming out and the bubbles, that's going to be lots of oxygen. Oh, right. Particularly on a warm day, you would think fish would favour that. Um, so this would be an obvious place. But saying that, I can't see any. So, um, <laughs> they're, all, they're all downstream. Yeah, I mean, they could be on the bottom. You know, I'd yeah. be tempted if you did plonk a camera right at the bottom there'd be something lurking uh, down there. But that's part of the mystery of it, not knowing. Well, that's it. The word mystery is, is part of the joy of... Look, I, I, there's always a thrill with rivers, but there's what could be in there. And, and when you talk about finding monsters in relatively small streams, that's a, that's a sort of... Well, like the copper mill. You kind of... It, it shows that you can get satisfaction sometimes. 
Yeah, the way they throw you, you do see these tiny streams and you just think, how on earth is that living in there? Yeah. But they do, they, they eke out a, a living in, in these tiny little waterways and you do get some, some quite big fish for them. So you're, you've um, obviously got the ability to read a river and work out where the fish are. What's the sort of general rules of... Oh, there's a kingfisher. It's on that, that log coming down, there's a yeah. little knob going up and it's bobbing up and down on top of it. I see, I've got you, I've yeah. got you, yeah, lovely. You can just make out the orange. Yeah, yeah, it's just... Uh, oh, that's well, we're being spoiled. And there's a heron in front of us as yeah, well. Yeah, he's, he's wandered up. It's almost, you, you know, if you close your eyes, it's wind in the willows, but then you open yeah. it and you actually know it's <laughs> Bristol. But, but um, yeah, sewage in the channels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's gorgeous. It's great. I mean, the kingfish is getting a good sign. So, yeah. And there's demoiselles everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you get you get an ability to know where the fish are likely to hang out. Yeah, you do definitely. I mean, I think you spend enough time doing anything, you you're going to learn uh, well, aspects of it. Oh, He's gone up onto the weir. Ah. I thought the kingfisher might have spooked them, but he's just kind of sat there, not not quite nonchalant. Yeah, he's going to have a dive. He's probably not over the water far enough. No, preening perch. Just sat there. Um, yeah, you, you look for areas that, that hold the fish. I mean, the obvious one is to kind of look, actually find the fish, and then you know where they're hanging around. But, you know, the, the way I look at it is if you think about, say, if there was a field um, and there's a tree in the middle of it, people are drawn to the tree. Automatically. And it's the same with fish. You look for those features. So whether it's a big rock, whether it's a, a sunken tree, whether it's a shopping trolley, it doesn't matter. Those are the sort of areas that are going to hold fish. So it's looking for those it's like little reefs underwater. Oh, yeah, yeah, they are, and, and people always joke about traffic cones and, and shopping mm. trolleys, but they are really good. I mean, I'm not, I'm not advocating people to go chuck shopping trolleys in rivers, but they are <laughs> yeah, actually. For the, I'm doing it for the fish. Yeah, <laughs> but they are yeah. they are pretty good habitat. Oh, no, he's just put the he put the um, kingfishers. Oh, he spooked it off. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So the heron has wandered like a kind of very. It's so it's so like a dinosaur. He's just wandering over there, and he's 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 just scared the kingfisher off the log. So when you see the chicks, have you seen heron chicks? They look like they're out Jurassic below, Park. But yeah, they really yeah. do. Oh, there he's back. He's coming oh. past us now, the kingfisher. Oh, where is he going to go? He's buzzing along, isn't he? He's yeah, yeah. even weird. in the shade, it still stands yeah. out. Hopefully we've got a little bit of kingfisher um, contact call or whatever that was. Yeah. I'm flying call. Yeah. That's brilliant. Lovely. You're, you're, you're a lucky charm, Jack. That's, well, you know, I just, I just keep it in the boot of my car yeah, and just bring yeah. it out. <laughs> Open all the fish traps and let them go. Um, so when you've been on your great quest to see all the... Um, how, many, how many fish species are there in the so UK to see? I would say there are 53, but I mean, others would argue more or less. Mm. Um, but I've been fairly inclusive in terms of like including native, non-natives and marine fish that will come up into rivers. Yeah. Um, non-natives. So, what are we looking at there? That are there are there are there troublesome fish that have got into the rivers? That... Yeah. So, to be fair, that's lovely, isn't it? You can yeah. see in that deep water. Um, yeah, this is above the wind. Yeah. We're looking through a, a whole little stand of um, sycamores into deep deep water, and it's got that sort of mystery. It's quite still. Yeah. There's so, a little fish swimming, a roach or something in the surface. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I see, I see. And in fact, there is some weed. So I tell a lie. Oh, there is, yeah. there is a, oh, a, yeah. a small clump of weed in the fruit, so it's not completely barren. Right. Um, yeah, there are some non-native fish um, in the UK, but in terms of like when you look at say the mammals and insects, we're not as badly hit as other groups of, of fauna. Mm. And a lot of the non-native fish are either naturalised or they don't really cause a major issue. However. 
there are a few that are a bit of cause for concern. So two ends of the scale, you've got Wells Catfish, which if any, anyone watched Blue Planet, I think it's Blue Planet 2 it might have been. Oh no, not Blue Planet 2, sorry, uh, Planet Earth 2. With them eating pigeons, I don't know if you saw that. No, no so no, they come, sounds... they come. The pigeons come down to drink in this town in France, and these Wells catfish launch out the water like some orca in Argentina, <laughs> and gulp down catch, pigeons. Catch the pigeons. So yeah. not only are they eating fish, and all across Europe they're decimating yeah. endemic fish. Um, they also eat birds and mammals. So they are quite, and they, you know, in the UK they can get well over a hundred pounds. Whoa! So they're that's, big fish. That's, that uh, is that the biggest freshwater fish then. A bit, well, I mean, it's the biggest non-native, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they are... So what's, uh, the bit, what's the big... I'm thinking carp don't get beyond sort of no, 60 no, no. Pounds, I mean, really. I suppose you'd say the biggest is a sturgeon, but they're so incredibly rare. Uh, have you have you got one of them? I did, but it was in someone's garden pond. So. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> yeah. So I'm still counting it. Um, yeah, yeah. But they get well over £800. Pounds. Um, or they can anyway. Do, do they? I mean, they are incredibly rare. They're not. They're the really... chances of finding one in the wild are as next to next to nil as you can get. Right. I was just very, very fortunate that there was someone that I know who's a specialist in sturgeons. He knew that it was the one that we get in the UK and not an ornamental one. Uh, and how did it get into the pond then? Um, so he, he 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 deals in them. He, oh, right, he, okay. he bought it, so he specially imported it. Oh, I, see, um, I see. So it hadn't, so, hadn't somehow got. No, no, it, it hadn't just turned. Up. Sort of. No, no, no. It's all above board. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just quite funny that you know I was thinking I'm never going to do this, yeah. and then someone and he doesn't live too far from me. Just said, oh, I've got one in the pond if you want to film that. So <laughs> right. that's quite a nice surprise. So they are. Are they? Are they sea fish as well? I mean, do they go? Well, predominantly, they live in this sea. They only enter rivers to spawn. I mean, I think you're actually meant to present the queen if oh, you catch a, one. With a sturgeon? Yeah, you're meant to say, you know, if you... I mean, I don't know how you'd get in touch, so excuse me, Your Majesty, yeah. I've got a sturgeon for you. Yeah. don't know how thrilled that she'd be. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you, you're supposedly... But they are they are yeah. amazing fish, they really are. But uh, up until the 1800s, they were still catching them in a lot of Welsh rivers, um, the Thames, the Trent, but because of barriers and things, they can't get above weirs and fish passage to stop them spawning. I mean, there's, there's and no, they spawn like salmon, then they go up. They would go of... up into rivers onto gravels, but I mean, mm. there's no evidence that they they ever got that they were, they were, that there were that many anyway. They were right. never numerous. Yeah. Even when there were no barriers, it wasn't full of sturgeon, so they were rare at the best of times. Mm. Um, but I mean, up in, I mean, a few years ago, someone caught one in the sea, so they are still around our coast. Oh, that's good. So but, there's, there's, oh. but there's no evidence that they're breeding in the UK. Oh, OK. Um, that's a shame. The nearest population... Well, in fact, the only population that breed is in France. Um, in I can't remember the name of the river. So it's, it's thought that every now and again one of those splits off, swims around the UK, and that's how we occasionally still get so them. So we might... There's a potential. Is you never mean? know. There yeah. could be a whopping great sturgeon so swimming exciting. in your local river. Um, and on the non-natives, the topmouth gudgeon. What's that? Is that, yes. a, is that a pest? Yeah, yeah, they pest are. Species, they yeah. are. So, um, this on, on, a, on a butterfly note, this is where the white letter here. This is a fantastic are. butterfly spot. Actually, we've seen yeah. loads of butterflies yeah, today. Yeah, we have. Um, so there's some little things fluttering around. I don't think are. those are, but definitely lots of commas. Lots I can't of say cabbage white. white, can I? That's that's a mis- There's no such thing as a cabbage <laughs> white, is there? I know that's sort of like the the, the go-to when you see a white butterfly. Yeah, yeah. It's a no-no, these, isn't it? These are the these are the yeah, the enemies of all cabbage growers. Though, <laughs> so. um, but yeah, topmouth gudgeon. So we mentioned catfish, which are big, monstrous creatures. Um, topmouth gudgeon are only a few inches long, but they they carry disease. They outcompete natives. They eat fish fry and eggs, mm. and they just multiply rapidly. Um, 
they aren't, as far as I'm aware, they aren't present in any rivers yet, yeah. but you do find them in lakes. And the only way to get rid of them is to net, try and get as many native fish out as possible first, and then rhodonone, which is a poison which kills fish. Really, you kill a whole lot. You've yeah. got to pretty much nuke the pond oh to get rid of these Whoa. things. Yeah. Um, but it's the only way to be sure. Now I saw that uh, when you had completed your challenge, someone said, what about the burbot? Which is an extinct <laughs> fish, isn't it? It's yeah. basically extinct in Britain. Yes, yeah, there's there's always one, isn't there, that just, yeah. just wants to mention... Yeah. Uh, well, I remember Chris Yates doing something where he went to fish for it. Yeah, I listened yeah. to that. That yeah. was really good. Beautifully atmospheric. Yes, it, it yeah. was. Um, so the thing with burbot is they there's no confirmed reports of them since the 70s and even then no one knows what that confirmed report is mm. and there's no pictures of burbot in the uk like if you try and find a picture of an angler holding a burbot there aren't any now they are they were here well, it's not a mystery yeah. but there's just very little evidence uh, about them so then every now and again when you get fishermen saying i caught one you know in 1990 or whatever but there's never any no. evidence for it a bit like cryptozoology exactly you've got more chance of seeing nessie than a burbot <laughs> right, okay. in our rivers i yeah. think um and uh, the, i think the reason is because it's that mystery like we talked about earlier so mm. because they could be in some dank dark river mm. they, they i can't 100 percent say there are definitely no burbot but at the same time people can't say 100 percent that there are so no. i suppose there's it's, no evidence there no yeah. and, and you know what and i quite like that and i'd love to be proven wrong mm. i'd love someone to say you know what here's a burbot but I, I don't think they're here. I mean, they, they are a cold-loving species. They need very, very cold water to successfully breed. And, you know, the climate's getting warmer. Mm. The, we've had some bad pollution incidents over the last few years. So, um, where, I don't know. Where, where do they live? In the in I mean, they're, Scandinavian? Or well, they're pretty widespread across Europe. So you do get them in France and Germany. So, oh, OK, so then it's not, like, uh, unfeasible that they could be reintroduced? Well, or? there are rumblings. And, mm. you know, I, I would love to see them back. We talk about bringing wolves back and lynx yeah. back and bringing bears back. But what about the burbot? The burbot let's yeah, let's yeah. bring the burbot back. The burbot. I keep calling it burbot. Yeah. Burbot. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a cod, cod family. Yeah, it's a freshwater cod. I mean, I've never eaten one, but apparently they're quite good eating as well. So maybe that's a, another reason to bring them back. Yeah. Kind of lay off the cod fishery a bit and get into burbot. So, yeah. It'd you know. be ideal if they eat signal crayfish and taste good. Then <laughs> you can kind of have a... Yeah. Like they get pretty big as well, you know. Some, well, I say pretty big, you know, kind of ten pound plus. So, um, one of the worries is that they're predatory, and because we've not had them for a while, people are a bit reluctant to put them into, say, like a salmon river, where they might eat young salmon. Yeah. So yeah. I think it, it's a case of finding the right location for them. But you know, it can be worked out. I, I'd love to see them back. And so, as well as filming fish, you like to catch them sometimes. You're an angler so, as well. Yeah, so I started off fishing when I was 11 and I was madly keen on it. I, I actually went in between my GCSEs to, uh, during the lunch to fish and then came <laughs> back. That's probably why I got such bad grades, to be honest. But, really? But I bet um, you were very calm in the exam. Yeah, well, yeah, very very zen. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I've always loved it. And I think the, the lessons I learnt from the angling, like knowing what the fish were, knowing where they are, massively helped me with the filming. Um, if I'm honest, I probably prefer the filming now, and I don't get to fish as much as I'd like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if it's a choice of filming or fishing, the filming com- comes first, yeah. definitely. But um, no, I-, I do enjoy it. There's there's nothing kind of better than just sat by, by the water's edge. Yeah, this is actually quite a good good river here for plenty of opportunities just to sit and let, let it just drift by. And fewer fish here though, aren't there? Or, or maybe I'm just no, no, there are no. You are right. This is the odd one knocking around. I think. 
quite it dark, was just around it? that edge I saw the bigger chunk. Oh, well, let's, let's have a so let's march we'll see on if we can there. spot them. But yeah. so you, you've been sitting quietly on riverbanks, dipping your camera in or getting in yourself. What other things have you seen? Have you seen some kind of because people won't be expecting? <laughs> you no. might have seen some people doing some yeah. things. Well, yeah, I have, which I won't won't talk about on a podcast. But uh, <laughs> really, but, yeah. no idea. But um. What about criminal activities, like sort of um, uh, poaching rivers? And yeah, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I was I was in a pub once in Cornwall, and this guy started talking to me about oh, what do I do, and I just oh you know I'm just just filming stuff, and he said oh well I'm a poacher, and <laughs> started telling me all about these poaching that he did, which was was quite funny. Oh, wow. uh, so we, you're, we had you're, a lot in common, <laughs> apart from that he yeah. was a poacher and I, I was filming them. But you're a uh, fish confessionalist or something. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, so. I should wear a white collar really. <laughs> um, or was but he hoping you might join in or film something? I don't know. It would have, you know, uh, uh, considering I knew the guy who owned that bit of river, it probably wouldn't have been the best idea. No, but, no. but um And presumably you, you're wanting the fish alive and he's wanting them dead. So he's, he's, he's just selling them to the pub, I think. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but no, I've, I've seen so much wild... I mean, because I am a general naturalist. I think I get pigeonholed yeah. with being the fish guy, um, which I don't mind because I love fish, but I love it all. The dippers, yeah. the water voles... Uh, the, and the otters and any, anything that I probably see probably get a really. lot of otters you've seen a lot of otters in your time not as many no I mean yeah. I do see them occasionally um, but not, not regularly because they're mainly coming out at night so I'm normally tucked up in bed <laughs> yeah. by, the, by that time but kingfishers are a dime a dozen you know you see them so often and I took my niece out uh, last year I think and just did go do some, some tiddler bashing <laughs> and, uh, and it was great she loved it catching the minnows and sticklebacks and things like that with the, the, the little kind of cheap pound poundland net or something and it was it was great it was really good to see her getting excited about these little tiny fish yeah i think that's the way to get kids into nature is, is it's got to be catchable and kind of oh, i think definitely. water's a really good good I, I find my son who i always have these high hopes that he's going to be as avidly into getting muddy and wet yes. as i always was but then i i didn't have ipads to distract me and uh, <laughs> he but when we go in water it's a different different world and he is he's impossible to get out of it <laughs> which is so i need more of that and maybe uh less wandering around nature reserves kind of going, oh, look at this well i mean bird. i mean i not that exciting. i was never I, as i've got older i've got a bit more into birding and things but i mean a, a kind of yeah young me sitting in a hide looking at a, a speck miles off Earth, would bore yeah. me to tears yes but if you said hey go jump in that river and see if you can find some dragonfly larvae or some tadpoles or you know if you're lucky a fish then that's that's an adventure that's yeah. great you know yeah yeah there's a real every rock could have something so. and that that's and, and that's what it is every single rock is an, is a a new experience you don't know what's going to be under yeah. there you know what is it going to be that day where you find that crayfish is it going to be that day yeah. where you find you know something really unusual that you've never seen before yeah the thrill of the mini hunt <laughs> yeah it is the mini it is. chase yeah. it is a little bit like that I still, I'm sure you do. You still get that thrill of lifting up I'm, rocks. I, I'm, a, I'm a man-child. I'm just, I'm just a, <laughs> I'm a ten-year-old with a big beard, basically. Yeah. Well, uh, but you know, heroically, you've made a living from it, and uh, that's something that's sort of, you know, uh, to be applauded. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. No, I, I, I love it. I just, I honestly couldn't imagine doing anything else. Yeah, missing Baton Rivers for your, for your love. So, what's the most uh, sort of? exciting fish behaviour that you've seen or that you've captured that, that you know that has made you reassess how um, fish behave how, or, or I their... mean the, the two that stand out is one well my favourite fish is the grayling so I absolutely love grayling they are just 
beautiful fish. They look like they should be on a coral reef, yeah. you know, not in, in British So rivers. how would you describe them? I know they've got a big sort of fan-like dorsal fin. Yeah, so they're a, they're a member of the trout family, um, but they have got this big sail, this big dorsal fin, with these fantastic colours, like really like kind of ruby reds, kingfisher blues, just, you know, they look like a, an oil painting. They're mm-hmm. gorgeous, yeah. really are. And then the body is kind of speckled with silver hues and almost blues in them. So they are very, very pretty fish. From If you look above from a bridge, they look like dull and brown. But when you see them underwater... Yeah, that's the trouble. Yeah, they they are, they're, they're, but, not, they're not showing themselves off. No, to, but they're not, not at all. But why would they have that colouring for each other's benefit? So there's partly to do with breeding. In, in the spring, um, the, the males go much deeper, a deeper, darker colour to attract a female and to kind of show that they're ready to breed. And... For, for about four years, I was trying to film them spawning. I was really, really keen to get this behaviour because no one, not or very few people, have done it in the UK before. Um, went out, uh, had this pole camera. Took me ages to get this location, and the grayling uh, spawned. It was amazing. The the male wraps his dorsal fin around the female, and they gently uh, shake in the gravel. She releases the eggs. He fertilises them. I was ecstatic. I rang up Spring Watch and said. Uh, I think this is a great behaviour. I think you could, you know, really do something with this. And they said, "That's fantastic, Jack. Can you get another angle, please?" So, <laughs> oh, no. so I was like, "Oh, okay. did you get a second angle." Yeah, yeah, so I had to do it, do it again. But I did do it again, luckily. Ah. Um, but I was, I was really, really pleased to get that behaviour. So they, they are tremendous fish. Um, the other piece of behaviour that was really interesting, and I'm not sure there's been much research into this, but um, was I was filming an eel, and it was swimming along the bottom, and it was flanked either side by two perch, and they looked like body, uh, bodyguards almost. I thought, why are they following that eel? Because it was too big to eat. Yeah. And the eel was rooting around the bottom, and as it was rooting, bullheads and little insects were, were fleeing, and the perch were mopping them up. Oh, and I thought that was fascinating, because that means that those perch have learned to follow the eel, because they're going to get food. I wouldn't say it's symbiotic because the eel's getting nothing out of this arrangement. No. He's getting his lunch nicked. It's a bit like a boar and a uh, 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 robin. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you, you see the same thing on coral reefs with groupers yeah. and moor eels, but this isn't a coral reef. This is, you know, Southampton or somewhere like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. It, is, it is amazing. And people think as fish are these stupid brown things in rivers, but they're much smarter than you give them credit for. As you can probably tell, I'm really rather envious of Jack's life exploring beautiful waterways in search of monsters and curiosities. You can find great examples of his work in Country Farm magazine and our sister magazine, BBC Wildlife. He also has some wonderful footage on YouTube and on his website, which is jackperksphotography.com. So this is the first episode of 12 in the new season. Next week, don't miss a brilliant interview by historian Eleanor Rosamond Barraclough with a forester and his horse and they manage woodlands together without the use of heavy machinery. It's an utter delight, and both are brilliant characters. But for now, keep in touch with all things wild and wonderful in the British countryside at our website, countryfile.com. And don't forget that we have dozens of other podcasts for you to listen to at Acast and the Apple Podcast app and other podcast providers. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, goodbye.